You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldweg, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem Yisrael 5780, 2019. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayetze, the very beginning of our Parsha. It says, Vayetze Yaakov mi'Rasheva Vayelech Harona. Yaakov is on his way to establish the Jewish people, to give birth to the 12 tribes of the people of Israel. And he goes to Har and he goes back to, to his mother's house, to his grandfather's birthplace, his grandfather's the place where he grew up. And he's on his way. He reaches the place and he sleeps there. The sun had set. Pasuk says, the verse says something very interesting that we may not have noticed, if not for the fact that there are some interesting midrashim on this Pasuk. He took from the, the rocks of that place, and he put it by his head. Use it as a, either he used it as a pillow or he surrounded himself with the rocks to protect himself from animals. Pasuk says he went to sleep in that place. The verses go on to tell us the famous dream, the famous um, vision of Yaakov Avinu that he saw the Sulam, Jacob's ladder. Then after the whole vision, Hashem promises him what he promises him. Pasuk says in Pasuk Yudches, Yaakov got up in the morning and he took the stone that had been by his head. Okay, so it went from plural stones to one stone. He made it into a matseva, a marker, a spiritual marker. He poured oil on it. <coughs> he made a promise that Kodesh Baruch Hu, you know, he made a deal, so to speak, with Hashem, that Hashem should protect him, bring him back to Eretz Yisrael. And this rock is going to be, It's going to be a house of God. This was the foundation stone. Harabayas on the Temple Mount. Okay, so it's very interesting. What is this stone? What's the stones? What's the stone? So there's a Rashi here which quotes a Medrash, and the Medrash is not exactly as Rashi quotes it. I'd like to read you the Medrash inside. Medrash is amazing. Medrash says like this: What was? What were these stones? There's a machlekes three ways. I'm not going to get into all three of the shittas or three opinions. But Rabbi Huda Aimer, there were twelve stones there. He took the twelve stones. Omar, he said like this: God decreed. It was known. They had a kabbalah. They had a maseira. They had a tradition that the Jewish people was going to consist. <coughs> excuse me, of twelve tribes. Avram Lahemidon, Yitzhak Lahemidon, Yaakov said to himself, Avram didn't have 12 tribes. Yitzhak didn't have 12 tribes. He wanted to see if he's going to be the one to have the 12 tribes. So he said like this, He said, if I take these 12 rocks, and the 12 rocks combine into one rock, then I know that I'm going to be the one who's going to birth that's going to stand up 12 tribes. The moment that he saw that all the rocks came together, when he woke up, he saw that all the rocks had become one. So, he realized, he knew, that he's going to be the one 
to bring about 12 tribes, bring 12 tribes into the world. And that's exactly what happened. Now this Medrash, I think, is very difficult to understand for a number of reasons. First of all, okay, how did he know that there was this, where did this tradition come from? We're going to actually see that inside, we're going to see the tradition, what it was based on. There were a few other places where there were 12 tribes, Yishmael had 12 Nesim, and and uh, uh, it was Rivka, Rivka, yeah, I'm sorry, Rivka's mother had, had Rivka's parents, his, her father had 12 children altogether, eight children from a regular wife, four from concubines, just like Yaakov was going to have as well. So there was a tradition already. And based on that tradition, we need to understand, okay, so that's true about Yishmael, that's true about maybe Rivka's parents, but who says that that's going to be the case for Yaakov, you know, for, for, for Jacob, for, for Klai Yisrael? How, how do they know that just because it happened there, it's going to happen to them? What is the idea of the number 12? I don't know if we'll get so much into that, but we need to understand that as well. What is the idea of 12 tribes? Why did there have to be 12 tribes? But a deeper question that I don't understand, that I want to understand, is what was this test? What was the idea behind the test, and why did it happen now? Why did Yaakov take these 12 rocks, and why did he want them to combine? If anything, I would think it should be the opposite. He should take one rock and see if that rock separates into 12. He wants to know if he's going to have 12 tribes. Why does he take 12 rocks and bring them together instead of trying to get 12 different rocks out of one rock? What's the idea? And what is the idea that it's happening at this point in Yaakov Avinu's life? Yaakov is going off to Haran. He's leaving Eretz Yisrael. At this moment, he decides, is this the moment I'm going to? So the Pashup shot is, the simple understanding is, because he's headed out now to find his wives, to find women to marry, or a woman to marry. He didn't know perhaps that he was going to have four wives. But he was on his way. So so we could say, Pashup shot, simple understanding, we could say that he was on his way to establish his own household, to have children. So he wanted to do a test. But I want a deeper understanding of what is the concept of why he's doing it at this point on the cusp of leaving Eretz Yisrael. That's, that's what I want to understand. That's what I want to address. So to begin to understand, we need to take a look at another medrash. The medrash is at the end of Parshat Lech Lecha. Hashem is promising Avram Avinu that he's going to have a child named Yitzchak. And Avram said, what about Yishmael? Hashem says, don't worry. Yishmael is going to be a great person as well. But there's a difference between them, says the Medrash. The Pasuk says, I'm going to uphold my covenant with Isaac. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. Interestingly, it's uh, Rabbi Yitzchak who says the following. The verse says, There's a difference between how we refer to the children of Yitzchak, really Yaakov Avinu, and how we refer to the children of Yishmael. Yishmael has 12 Nesim. He has 12 princes who come from him. But when we speak about the Jewish people, we speak of them as 12 tribes. What's the difference between 12 tribes, 12 sons, the 12 Shvatim? Elu Gvira. The 12 Shvatim are a reference to the children of the Master, to Sarah Imenu. There was Sarah, and she had her maidservant, which was Hagar, who had Yishmael. He doesn't have 12 shvatim. He doesn't have 12 tribes. He has 12 princes. What, what's the idea? What's the difference between a prince and a, and a tribe? What's the idea? So in the Pashup Shat, the simple understanding, so the prince sounds really good. A shevet is a tribe. What's a tribe? 
Interestingly also, we'll soon see that the word Shevet, the word Mateh, both of those two words mean a tribe, but both of those two words also mean a stick, a staff. What is the idea that a Shevet is a staff? A Shevet is a... Um, is a stick of some sort? A tribe is a stick? What is the idea? We'll soon see. You know what the difference is, says the Medrash, between a Nasi and a Shevet? It says like this. The word Nasim doesn't just mean a, a prince. The word Nasi means to raise up. There's something else that's raised up. It's a cloud. The word Nasi can also mean a cloud. The verse says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 14, refers to, to clouds, to wind, to rain, uses the word nasi to refer to a cloud. So the clouds, ayin, they're nothing. They have no, they have no mamashus, they have no, they have no materiality. They're not significant. Okay? But, so when it comes to Yishmael, so he's referred to as 12 nasiim. He has 12 tribes. I'm sorry, he has 12 princes, but not 12 tribes. In regards to the 12 tribes of the people of Israel, they are matas, they are something solid, they are a stick, they are a branch. Verse says, Chavaku chapter 3, verse 9. There's an idea that, that they, are, they are something powerful, they're something solid, just like a shvu, an oath, is something real, it's my word when I make it significant and real. So too, the matos, the staves. The staves are something significant and real. Okay? But we need to understand, what is the idea? Why, why is a shevet a staff? Why is a shevet a tribe also a staff? Okay? But we certainly clearly see that the difference between Yishmael and Yaakov Avinu, Yishmael had 12 princes who were not solid, who were not real, who were just ethereal, as opposed to Yaakov's 12 tribes, they were real. They were solid. Now the measure ends off with something very, in context, difficult to understand the, the connection. I'm going, to, I'm going to uphold my covenant with Yitzchak, says Rav Huna B'Rishem Rav Idi, that I'm going to uphold this covenant. That doesn't sound like it has anything to do with his statement, but he says, that year was a Shonam Uberes. It was a leap year. Right? On the Jewish calendar, so the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar, but it's connected to the solar calendar because we want Pesach, Passover, to always be in the spring. It's a holiday of the spring. So the lunar calendar is 11 days shorter than the solar calendar. Every three years, you have an extra 30 days. You've moved back. You've lost a month. So we have an extra month of the year that we add every two to three years. Seven of them every 19 years in order to align and keep aligned the lunar and solar calendars. Okay? So, that's called a leap year. That year, the year that Yitzchak was born, was a leap year, says the Medrash. What does this have to do with upholding the, the bris, the covenant with Yitzchak? Upholding the covenant with Avram? There's a, it was a leap year. Okay, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says, why, why would we need to know that it was a leap year? Because... The Malachim, the angels came in, in Sukkot's time. Six months later, if it would have been Pesach, Pesach he was born, Yitzchak was born in Pesach. It's only six months, that's not enough time for a child to be born, to be normal. So there was a leap year, says the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. Seven months. But what does that have to do with us? What is the idea of a leap year in this context? 
We need to understand the concept of the leap year, and we need to understand the concept of the shevet, of the tribe being connected to the staff. And the idea here is like this, an amazing thing, very interesting, very deep. The idea of a shevet, what is a, a staff, what is a stick? It's a branch. It's a branch, it's an extension of the tree. It comes out of the trunk. Yaakov Avinu, he wants to have 12 children. He wants to have 12 children who are extensions of himself. Avram Avinu had two children. He had Yishmael and Yitzchak. Yitzchak is the extension of Avram Avinu, but not Yishmael. Yitzchak has two children, Yaakov and Esav. He has two branches, but one of the branches breaks off. That's that's not a mata. That's not a shevet. You can't have, you can't have a shevet, a tribe, which is an extension of the is a branch of the tree. You can't have that if one of the branches falls off. Yaakov Avinu, all twelve of his sons, mitas Shlema, all twelve of them were an extension of himself. They were all tzaddik and they were all righteous. Therefore, when we speak of twelve. We speak about the concept of 12. They're really, it's really 13. Why is it 13? Because they're all attached to the root. The trunk itself, Yaakov Avinu himself, who's the, the spiritual and physical progenitor of his 12 children, of the 12 tribes, of the 12 branches. So he himself is the trunk. He's the 13th aspect. He's the combining aspect. From him call, comes all of their spiritual power. So that's the thirteenth. That's the concept of the number thirteen. Okay, it's important to understand that we're gonna we're gonna see that that's the essence of what we're gonna speak about here. That they were all combined. What is the idea of the twelve rocks being combined? It means that all twelve of his children are going to be one. They're all going to be a piece of him, an extension of him. Okay, now. What is the idea of the 13th aspect in regards to the months of the year? The Iver, the extra month of the year, is a spiritual month. It's the month that we have a Geula of Purim. It's connected to the month of Nisan. It's deep. I'm not going to get so into it, but the idea of the 13th aspect is the combining aspect, is the extra spiritual aspect, which is Yaakov Avinu, and which is also... Um, Yosef and Levi, I'm not going to get into that. See my Sefer, perfectly imperfect for more of a, a discussion of that. But the idea here is an amazing idea. Yishmael, they count, the, they count by the lunar months as well, right? They have 12 months, but Ramadan can be, it gets pushed back by 10 days every year. So it can be in different seasons of the year. They never account, they never try to align their calendar with the solar calendar. But there's something deeper about that because what it really means is that they don't have that 13th aspect, that spiritual aspect. Yishmael's 12 Nisim, they were their own things. They were their own princes. They were separate beings. They were separate, disconnected from their grandfather Avram Avinu, from that spiritual uh, legacy. Okay, so that's, that's the difference between 12 and 13. And that's the difference between, between uh, Yishmael and Yitzchak. So now we have this idea, and by the way, this is the depth of what's going on over here. This is what this Medrash is saying, that there's something spiritually powerful. It was, a, it was an extra Ibra year. It was, it was, there was an extra month. There was that connection to the 13th aspect, which was something that Yitzchak would have. 
I'm going to establish, I'm going to keep my covenant with Isaac. Okay, so that's the idea in this Medrash. That's the idea of the number 12. And that's the idea of the number 13. Now coming back to Yaakov Avinu, trying to understand. We saw before that Yaakov, he, you know, why didn't he break, why didn't he look for the rock to be broken into 12 parts? And then he would know that that rock was going to be, he's going to have children or extensions of him or 12 different aspects of himself. Why didn't he, why didn't he do that as a test? And why did he do this test here? So there's an amazing thing in regards to the test being, the test being at this point in time. It's really important to understand. Yaakov Avinu is leaving Eretz Yisrael and he's going to Chutzlarts. Now we need to understand what is the difference. There are many differences, but what is the difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlarts? Eretz Yisrael is a place, Ene Hashem our Hashem's eyes, so to speak, Hashem's eyes are constantly on the land of Israel. What, is the, what does that mean? It means that Eretz Yisrael is a place of greater oneness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a greater closeness to Hashem. When a person is in Eretz Yisrael, if a person is spiritually sensitive, they can feel it. You walk into Yerushalayim, that's the place of even more closeness and more connectedness. It's Yerushalayim, it's Yerushalayim, it's Yerushalayim, it's the wholeness, it's complete. It's complete because we're one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we come to Eretz Yisrael, if a person lives in Eretz Yisrael, there's a higher spiritual standard in Eretz Yisrael. There's a higher level of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the land of Israel. A person needs to leave Eretz Yisrael sometimes because they have to go to a place of Pirud. The place of Chutzlarts is the idea of, of separation. It's the idea of it being separate and distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, being far from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, being far from God. That's the idea Av, Yaakov Avinu, he's leaving Eretz Yisrael. But why is he going to Chutzlarts? There's going to be now a period in himself, a separation within himself. He's going to have 12 tribes, he's going to have 12 children. There's going to be a, a, a um, I don't have a good word for it, but a splitting up of his Kaychas HaNefesh into 12 parts. Right? Whenever we have spirituality being brought down into this world, so it's, it breaks down. Sometimes the number is a number called 70. Sometimes the number is a number called 12. In this context, the idea of the number 12 is that there's time. When we speak about months, there's 12 months. We speak about the day, there's 12 hours of the day, 12 hours of the night. Time is broke. Really, time is in a, in a higher realm. Time is indistinguishable. We speak about Kodesh Baruch Hu as being timeless. God is beyond time. He's above time. But in this realm, we have 12 months. We have 12 hours in the day, 12 hours in the night. Time is broken down into 12 parts. So too, in regards to the Shvatim, when Yaakov Avinu is going to Chutzars, there's a breakdown. There's a separation of the wholeness. And that is what he's concerned about. He's concerned about, there's this breakdown, I'm about to have children. Are they all going to be extensions of myself? Am I going to be able to get home in peace? So it's an amazing thing. When he pours the oil onto the onto the rock, as I quoted to you earlier, so he says, uh, I'm sorry, the previous pasuk, he's making, he's he's pronouncing upon this rock, I want to return in peace to the house of my father. An amazing statement from Yaakov Avin. What is he saying? He has this bris, like we saw in the in the Medrash in Lechacha. He has this covenant with Hashem. 
which is that connection to God. It's that inextricable, in a being inextricably bound to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that oneness, but he's going to a place of distance. Yitzchak wasn't allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. He wasn't allowed to distance himself from Hashem. He was always connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was offered as a carbon, as a sacrifice to Hashem. He was completely bound. The Akedah bound him to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to God. He couldn't leave Eretz Yisrael. Yaakov is going to Chutz because that's where his wives are. That's where his destiny is. That's where he's going to be making the 12 Shvatim. He's going to establish the 12 tribes, the 12 branches of himself. But he wants to see, I'm going out there. Am I going to return? Am I going to return in peace? Am I going to have a wholeness? Am I going to return to the house of my father? That's what concerns him. He knows he's going to go out there. He's going to have children. Are they going to be extensions of myself? Are they going to be attached to the to the root? Are they going to be attached to the trunk of the tree? Are they going to be branches? Are they going to break off? That's what he wants to know. Is he going to get back in one piece? Are his children, his 12 children, the 12 tribes, going to be one? He needs to know that right now as he leaves Eretz Yisrael, goes to a place of Pirud, that he's going to be able to get back here in one piece. And that's why he takes the 12 rocks. That's what concerns him. He wants to know, are they going to combine into one. And that's the promise of a Baruch Hu in the dream that yes, you will succeed. Not only in this Golas, not only in this exile, you will succeed in all of the exiles. That was the dream that he had while his head was upon this rock that was made out of the 12 tribes that had come together and combined. They had come together because they were going to remain to adhere to the root. They were going to remain with their fidelity to the truth, to the oneness, to the bris, to the covenant of Yitzchak, of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And that is the depth of what's going on over here. That's the difference between the Jewish people and Yishmael. That's the difference between Yaakov and Yishmael. Yaakov has 12 children who are all attached to him and remain attached. And they return to Eretz Yisrael in the end. That's our rights. That's our birthright. Why? Because we remain attached to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To the extent that we remain attached to our spirituality and to God, we deserve to be here. Yishmael doesn't deserve to be here. Why? Why don't they deserve to be in the land of Israel? Because they don't. They didn't retain their attachment to to the promises of Avram Avinu. To, to, they were their own people. They went their own separate ways, and therefore, they don't retain that that attachment and that connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Only the Jewish people have that promise. Only the Jewish people have that covenant. Only the Jewish people are those twelve tribes, those twelve shvatim, those twelve. Staves, 12 branches of the tree. One more point which is really interesting is that why is it that he takes a stone? Why doesn't he take a piece of wood? Why doesn't he take a, why is he taking stones in order to combine them? Why don't he take some, some dirt? Why don't he take a, a, you know, his wallet, some coins? So it's very interesting. I noticed that the word Evan, which is a stone, if we look at the word Evan, we can notice that there it's made up of two words, Av and Ben, father and son. Now, I'm not sure exactly why a stone is referred to as a father and son, but certainly it's very interesting that we see that, that he specifically took stones because he wanted to see if the Av and the Ben would be one. And Evan, a stone, combines the word Av and Ben into one. He wanted to see if his sons would continue his legacy and therefore use stones. I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me as well. Because the Shparuch should help us. That we should be zeche 
to be able to recognize that spiritual power that's in, inside of us, that attaches us. We are not our own beings. We are not separate. Hashem should help us to realize we're not separate. We're attached to Him. We are attached to the Jewish people. We are attached to the root of everything. We are attached to the root, to the trunk of Yaakov Avinu. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.